That is. I'm Charles Holmes from The Ringer Music Show. And I'm Cole Kushner from Dissect. And Charles and I are teaming up to create Last Song Standing, a new show where we determine an artist's single best song by debating our way through their entire catalog. And for our first season, we're covering Kendrick Lamar. We're talking Good Kid to Pimple Butterfly, Damn, Mr. Morale, the mixtapes, the Lucy's, and the features. Listen to Last Song Standing on the Dissect podcast feed only on Spotify. Recipe Club, where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. My name is Chris Ying. The first chef I ever worked for was a guy named David Stevenson. David took a huge risk hiring me in his restaurant in Berkeley. I was a soft, green college kid with no restaurant experience whatsoever and barely any work experience to boot. David had been cooking around the Bay Area forever and seen it all. David knew food super well. And I think more than that, he, he really knew what people wanted to eat. So whenever something like halibut was on the menu and it was coming off my station, he just knew what was going to happen. He would come over to me and say, he'd look at my mise en place and be like, watch out, these people are going to eat that crap up. And <laughs> sure enough, I would always have underprepped, even if I had doubled my mise en place, I would not have expected 65 orders of halibut. I was just cooking halibut all night long and he just knew that his audience was going to gobble this uh, bottom feeder fish right up. And when I would ask him how to plate something, he would respond with this totally matter-of-fact deadpan answer in his you know, charming nasal voice. He would say, just put some schmoo on there and then put the fish on the schmoo and then some herbs over here and squeeze this sauce here and then just make it look nice. And he'd be showing me what he was talking about as he was doing it. And inevitably, it would come out looking nice despite his uh, very plain spoken description. But the thing that stood out to me was this word shmoo. And shmoo was his catch-all term for anything from palm puree to brondade to fava bean puree, anything that was paste-like, even if it took 40 hours to produce and was made from pure white truffles and ground up diamonds, it still fell under his definition of shmoo. <laughs> and I love the whole genre of shmoo. Uh, shmoo is just flavor in its simplest, purest form, ready to be scooped up with bread or rice or a chip or a spoon and requires no teeth. Shmoo is universal and the OG shmoo. The one that I think proves how undeniable shmoo can be is hummus. Hummus, everybody knows at this point, is a multi-billion dollar global market. It is loved by everybody in equal measure, by vegetarians, carnivores, Palestinians, Israelis, health nuts, hippies, stoners. Everybody eats hummus and everybody has this deep affection for chickpea schmoo. It is dead simple, just chickpeas, garlic, lemon, and sesame in the form of tahini. And despite that fact, or maybe because of it, the preparation of hummus varies wildly. Some people insist you have to start with dried chickpeas and meticulously 
peel off every husk of every chickpea and then don't stop pureeing it until it is satiny, silky smooth. Other people will tell you to add more or less acidity or garlic or spice. And out on the fringes of society, you have those cursed souls who (laughs) tell you that chocolate belongs in hummus. Steer clear of them. The point is, everybody's got an idea about hummus and how it should be made. Today's recipe comes from Noah Mashni by way of his Palestinian grandfather. It is mercifully free of chocolate and about as straightforward as you can ask for. Noah is willing to submit his hummus for consideration both to the recipe club and the scrutiny of any opinionated listeners out there who I'm sure are going to write in with their own ideas of how hummus must be made. But Noah believes that this is right up there with any of them because this is how his family has been doing it for generations and how he's going to keep doing it regardless of what you say. So let's hear from Noah about his hummus and then stick around to hear from Dave Chang, Rachel Kong, and Priya Krishna and find out how they handled their own schmooze. If you've got opinions or recipes to share with the club, send an email to thefixer at majordomomedia.com or join the ongoing discussion on the Major Domo Media Discord server at majordomomedia.com slash discord. All right. Tell me your name and the recipe that you have brought to the recipe club for consideration. Uh, my name is Noah Mashney, and today we're going to be talking about uh, my family's hummus recipe, or has been uh, so dubbed by Major uh, Domo Media here, the Bean Goop Hummus Recipe. <laughs> uh, what do you do, Noah, when you're not sending recipes into the recipe club? Give us a little background first. I'm uh, I'm a dad. I have an 11-month-old son, so that's like a new job for me that uh, is super fun. Professionally, I'm uh, an accessibility consultant uh, for web. So I help web developers make accessible applications and websites for people on the internet. Cool. Someday I need somebody to make uh, TikTok accessible to me. Uh, It's certainly inaccessible (laughs) for somebody with my disability being uh, old. Um, (laughs) And is that an 11-month-old getting into hummus yet? (laughs) Actually, it was one of his first like uh, non-formula foods, uh, and he loved it. Yeah, he he came back for more. That's always the thing, right? He'll try it and back away, uh, but he came back for more. So we we were very certain at that point in time he was a hundred percent mashney, which was a very very proud moment for me. A hundred percent mashney. I keep on referring to this as your hummus recipe, your bean goop hummus recipe, but it is in fact not your recipe, right? Where does this recipe come from? So my my dad's dad, my grandpa mashney, came to America from Palestine in the forties. Um, and so he was the one that made hummus, you know, for me growing up, it's funny reflecting on it as I kind of did during my submission to the email. And as I've thought about it the last week, just the whole bean goop thing and, and how it, it just like perfectly rings true for him as, uh, as his own person as Fuad, uh, but also just, I think as sort of some classic like immigrant tropes around waste, not want not. So yeah, it's, it, this is definitely Fuad's, uh, hummus recipe. So the bean goop, the aquafaba is sort mm-hmm. of the defining characteristic. He used it to sort of thin out the hummus. Do you remember eating this growing up? How did you usually eat hummus, uh, grandpa's hummus growing up? There's no wrong way to eat hummus. It's, it is on the table for all meals of the day. Um, there's always a tub of it in the fridge. At grandpa's house, uh, 
usually resided in a reused, like, uh, off-brand Cool Whip tub, uh, <laughs> because it held the exact right volume for a batch of hummus. Classic for me is just the, the good bread. I feel like most, uh, Arabs or children of Arab immigrants know what I mean when I say the good bread, the like really thin white pita that you get from the shawarma restaurant. That if you're nice to the owner of the establishment, they'll actually sell you the loaves of the bread so you don't have to drive across the state to Dearborn to get the good bread. <laughs> um, but that's like, that's the perfect, you dunk it and fold it and enter it into your face. It's very good. My parents did that same thing where they would reuse Cool Whip tubs or like whatever other branded tub, which led to this these horrible moments when you go home and you visit your parents and you like crack open the Cool Whip container and you find like some century <laughs> eggs and tofu or something and you're just like this is not this is not yeah, what I, I was looking for i can't put this on my ice cream sundae or you could <laughs> but it would be it would be awful yeah so i you have waded into some tricky waters here i don't know if you know this but hummus is something that people have strong opinions about people who make hummus have extremely strong opinions about how it should be done are you of that camp are you willing to throw your hat in there as a hummus connoisseur Connoisseur is a strong word. I love all of them. Like, you know, I, I am not above grabbing that fucking Sabra thing at the Hudson News in the airport and stuffing it into my face. Uh, I'm not above that. But also, I mean, nothing beats when you get to make it yourself and, and doctor it up the way you want to. And um, I, I will take a strong stand and say I'm, I'm not really here for edamame hummus, white bean hummus, black bean hummus, like uh, you know, I don't know. It, none of it tastes like hummus. It's, you know, a bean dip, which is great in its own right. It just, it seems weird to kind of like dress it up like it's hummus and it's kind of not. <laughs> uh, so you did mention in your email when you wrote in, because you sent in a couple of recipes for us and you you did mention that growing up, your grandfather would often say that the recipes he was cooking were Lebanese and he didn't really speak about Palestine or, or coming from, uh, you know, the old country. Were you sort of aware of that at the time? Were you aware of why he was kind of, you know, dodging around that? I was very fortunate. My grandpa lived into, he was like 94 when he passed away. So I, I, and I did get a lot of chance as an adult to, I don't know, get to know him a little bit more. And then we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, family history and stuff. And, and we did kind of get into his, his life in Palestine before he, he came over to the States. And so I did eventually get to learn about it, but his not talking about it or referring to us as Lebanese was, I think, kind of a combined factor of like, it's confusing to tell a nine-year-old about the Israel-Palestine situation, but also there was just sort of like social stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad to see this recipe submitted. It's going to, it's going to, you know, you've got quite a little gathering of people who are going to be making this one. You've got oh, really? uh, Rachel, Priya and Chang. I'm sitting this episode out, but I'm, I'm very curious to see where they take this one. Do you have any tips for them? Anything they need to avoid? What is the, a texture that they're shooting for pitfalls, anything like that? So I, I like argued with my dad a little bit about whether or not I was going to say this, but I'm, I'm going to give it to the world because it's worth giving. Um, my grandpa's like secret was that the tahini goes last is that you should be able to get the chickpeas, the lemon juice, the garlic going, and then use the aquafaba to kind of get that into a state that you like it. And then you can add the tahini until it smells the way you want it to smell, but also it kind of takes it from a liquidy garbanzo mash into this like more velvety it still has texture it's not like you get it like a restaurant but tahini goes in last okay well i'm super excited to see where these guys take things and i thank you very much for bringing your recipe to us yeah i i appreciate the opportunity thank you all so much 
Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of Recipe Club. I am joined with sort of the the best versions of Recipe Club <laughs> champions, best wedgies, best wedgies. Rachel Kong and Priya Krishna. Chris Ying is uh, slacking off. Uh, usually, he would be hosting this. We're all disappointed in his inability to multitask and to join us today. Wouldn't you say? He's technically moving. Oh, real hard, real time. Oh, he's consuming. finally moving! Yay! I know. I mean, he's finally boo, moving Chris. to Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Getting out of that. I don't like it. That area known as the Bay Area. Um, what's been going on, everybody? I mean, I know Priya's seems like she's having the the summer of her uh, like the best summer. She's traveling. Rachel's traveling. What's going on? You guys are living very exciting lives where I, I am not. Priya, what have you been up to? I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, I don't know. My summer has been defined by I got a sty and found out I had a, a stomach bacteria. So, oh, I mean, it hasn't been <laughs> I mean, it hasn't been in like an amazing summer, but I will say like that there have been some really nice. I've like been doing a lot of weekend trips. I went to L.A., that was really nice. I saw Dave and I met Gus. That was a Aww. highlight. Um, and then I'm going hiking with some friends in Switzerland next week and then going to London to meet my wait, niece. Wait, wait, wait. That, that's, that's, uh, when you said hiking originally, I thought, oh, I'm going to like mm -hmm. uh, the Adirondacks. <laughs> you're not going hiking. You're, you know what it's called? You're going to Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did you get back from Istanbul? My, one of my favorite uh, places in the world. Wednesday, like two days ago. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm still a little bit, I feel weird, a little bit weird. I woke up at, you know, like four or five today. Um, I was going to just continue Priya's health ailments <laughs> conversation and say that I just have, I got like eczema for the first time on my hands and it's oh, on no. my fingers. And so I feel like, you know, like there's just my, like my thumb is just disgusting and hardened and, uh, you know, uh, hummus was like a forgiving recipe. I didn't have to do too much with my, with my fingers, but yeah. Disgusting things are happening. My curses to have us. worked. My curses have actually worked. Yeah. I was wishing for a style to bring up an eczema on your hands and your thumb. We need the evil. We need some evil eyes to, to prevent. Oh. Yeah, Dave's curses. Yeah, but Istanbul was amazing. I mean, I it was my first time there, and um, it's so much fun. It was just, it was beautiful. It was really uh, there was so much good food. I really ate a lot of meat and like kebabs and a kofta and just I a lot of beans actually <laughs> mm. beans and like just reddish beans and a lot of um yeah Rocky. it was all good uh, some rakha yeah and uh lots of meat lots of it meat. is a very meat-centric town I went to I went to some of the spots that I think you'd been to Dave on Ugly Delicious and like I drank some pickle juice got some llama june did you um, eat some mus street mussels? I got some street mussels. They're yeah. pretty delicious, like stuffed mussels. They look like they're closed, but they're stuffed Priya, with like rice and like dill and oh, that sounds mussels. So it's really good. I got to be honest. Yeah. It wasn't my cup. It wasn't my bag. I didn't understand it. That sounds so good. <laughs> so many muscles. It's a lot of muscles. They just stand there with like these heaps of muscles um, and... And it's just, it's like, I've never seen anything like it. You know, you would just stop by and get some mussels. Maybe like if you're walking past there on your way back from work or something and just like eat a few mussels and then just go on your way. So I think it's like a common snack. 
for people? Well, besides muscles, street muscles, and copious amounts of meat, yeah. delicious, delicious kebabs and, and shawarma, there is a lot of hummus there as well. Did you eat a lot of hummus? I kind of didn't eat that much hummus. You know, like I think the hummus, I ate a lot of um, eggplant, like mush. Oh, yes. Chris would call it mm. schmoo, perhaps. Schmoo. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of eggplant schmoo and um, a lot of like tomatoes and cucumbers. Weirdly, not a lot of hummus. I had hummus maybe like a handful of times. Um, and it came, you know, as part of the like mezes, sometimes with kebab. Um, yeah, hummus, the reason we're all here today. I, I, I thought actually I would go to Turkey and like find a hummus recipe for us all. But I just didn't really find anything that was like such a standout thing, nor did I know how to speak to anybody who could give me hummus. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of Google Translate happening. It was pretty comical. Well, Rachel chose a hummus recipe, and I thought this was all aligned for her big trip to, to Istanbul. So I, it, it, it just wasn't. That would didn't be a happen. mastermind <laughs> move. I, no, I, I didn't. I just thought, why not hummus? We like. We like beans. We like goop. This group likes beans. <laughs> Me and Priya like beans. beans. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Rachel and I love beans. Yeah. <laughs> I think beans can get monotonous and, and I can't eat oh. it every day. Yeah. Well, I felt like during this trip, meat got a little bit monotonous toward the end. You know, I was like, I love meat, but this is, I just give me some, some good beans and I'm happy, happier. Did you have any pistachios when you were in Istanbul? I had a lot of pistachios. They're um, so good there. Yeah. Everything was really good. I, You know what I really OD'd on was um, cherry juice. Ooh. Sour cherry Yum. juice. It's so Ooh. good. Yum. Um, but back to hummus. According to Chris Ying's expert analysis data research, they're, according to Chris, his numbers, 42 million results for hummus recipes on Google. Hummus is, of course, a widely beloved dip served in that region. It's not just in... Istanbul and Turkey, but that Middle Eastern, probably the most famous, would you say it's the most famous food export of that region of the world? Probably. Seems pretty or good. Yeah. Falafel or hummus? I feel like hummus is. I mean, yeah, I feel like given the ubiquity of like Sabra yeah. <laughs> in kids' lunchboxes, that's how you know. Yeah. I think like the fact that I knew about hummus as a college student. Did you grow up Means, eating hummus? Was When did no. you first eat hummus? No, right? No, I didn't grow up eating hummus. I discovered it in college when everyone was like, we don't know how to cook for ourselves. Let's get hummus and live off that. I have loved hummus for such a long time. I feel like my mom always, like she she first made it for us and it was just like love at first sight. But I would say when I really fell in love with hummus was when I was in fourth grade, we went to Cairo, my family. And we went to this restaurant and I just, I, this is probably my clearest, youngest food memory I have is we went to this like little restaurant that was just like a wood fired, like this woman making pita in the wood fired oven. And all they did was pita and hummus. Mm. And we were given, it was like this giant bowl with like the little swirl of hummus. It had like a divot with olive oil and then like red chili powder around it. And then they would just take the bread out of the oven and serve it to you. And it was like that hummus like was absolutely life changing. Like I would say that Egypt is one of the coolest places I've ever visited. And it goes like pyramids of Giza, that hummus. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. 
For those that don't know, hummus is made of a mash of chickpeas, tahini, which is a sesame paste, lemon, traditionally lemon and garlic. Trader Joe's has a chocolate flavor hummus. Mm. I haven't tried that. I'm so thankful that Rachel decided not to choose a chocolate hummus recipe. Thank you. I didn't really want to eat it. Yeah. Did you get one? Did you get one? Did you get a chocolate hummus? I think it might have been, um, you know, filtered out before I I got. I'm sure somebody submitted a chocolate hummus. I, you know, I got a beet hummus. I got a miso hummus. Actually, there was a reference to Dave. You know, your miso hosan. Yeah. If you ferment chickpea with Aspergillus orzae koji, you can make a miso out of chickpea. And then if you mix that chickpea with mashed hummus, with lemon juice and sesame oil, that's something we serve at Major Domo. It's not hummus per se, but yeah. it's something else and it's yeah. delicious. Yeah. Well, that sounded really good. I just went with the, with the bean goop hummus because I, once I learned Priya would be on this episode, I wanted to do a bean goop in honor of her affinity for bean goop. And also, um, it seemed like it had very few ingredients and would be would be easy. That's how how it seemed. I, I was surprised at how easy this recipe was. But again, according to Chris Yang's statistics, thirty two percent of Americans regularly eat hummus. It is wow. for the number of years Sabra, the official dip of the NFL. That is a surprise. That's the biggest surprise That's to a me. Surprise, wow. Yeah, I mean, just imagining any NFL player eating hummus. Like just dipping some celery sticks or something. That- or like Sunday <laughs> afternoons watching hummus. I, I I just, I mean, people watching football eating hummus. I don't see that. I think that is the power of Sabra's marketing dollars being spent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the fact that they have all those flavors with the like, the divots are filled with all different things. I, I hate it. I, I hate think it. it's what really powerful, What of those flavors though? do you like? What of those dips do you like the most, the flavors, if you are going to purchase one? Whether it's Sabra or not, when you buy a pre-purchase hummus, mm, what is question. your flavor? Always plain. I would always like, to, I don't like this, this stuff, the shit in the middle. There's I don't usually like. a, a red pepper confit yeah. thing. Yeah. There's, a, there's garlic. a garlic. Yeah. There's a lemon one. There's, there's like a, a spicy. Nut. There's a pine nut uh, that was, it's like with thyme, but not sumac. And then there's a, a sriracha flavored one. Whoa. Oh, there's an olive. <laughs> there's an olive one too. Mm. Wow. And clearly a chocolate one. But I didn't grow up eating hummus. Are you guys part of the 32%? I mean, how often are you guys eating hummus? Clearly, Priya's eating hummus five days a week or some version of bean goop. <laughs> but to you, Rachel, how many times are you eating hummus? Uh, I don't really eat hummus that often, to be honest. My husband, Eli, is the hummus eater, the hummus and baby carrot eater in the family. Mm. Um, and sometimes if I get desperate, I'll eat his, I'll eat his hummus. Now, is the hummus-baby carrot probably the most common combo for a hummus vegetable? Probably, yeah, right? Definitely. Maybe so, yeah. You, right? you think Sabra's owned by the baby Karen industry? Possibly? I think they should join forces because be I think it'd be a powerful union. Yeah. And is it possible mm. that you're eating the baby carrots with hummus to mask the flavor of carrots? Mm. I think so. I don't know. I feel mm-hmm, like the carrots mm-hmm. that often get, like those baby carrots are just so flavorless. Yeah. They're just a delivery vehicle for hummus. Wait, so Dave, when did you get introduced to hummus? In college. You guys know that... Um, they would have that like, you can still see it at like a Delta Airlines or a United mm. Airlines, some kind of airport mm. lands. It's in that green, tri- you know, triangle uh, sphere-like thing where if you tear it, oh, you can yep. spread yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yep. Yes. That's shell-stable hummus. Yep. 
Yes. That was, I think, I remember seeing that at the cave at Trinity College freshman year where people would put on like a bagel or something like that. And I was like, what, what is this? What is this thing that looks like peanut butter? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, why would I ever, you know, like I had Ethiopian food. I ate that a lot growing up, but I never had hummus. The, you know, I didn't grow up eating kebabs. And I think if I had it, I didn't even know what the name is, right? It just was one yeah. of those things. I embraced hummus sophomore year when I was uh, abroad in London. That was the year of mad cow disease. You guys may be a little young to remember. And I've, I've talked about it before, but for what, four months, you couldn't eat meat. There was no meat. It was, I, it, you're it, dying. It was too expensive. <laughs> so I remember my, having my mom ship over beef jerky. Uh, that was like the only time I could eat it. Oh my God. That's and so and funny. it was okay. It wound up being like, you know what? I just, I probably ate meat like once in four months, you know, and outside of maybe two, like a care package of beef jerky because I was just <laughs> craving it so much. But a lot of people at that time were just sort of scared. So we would be going to like a Tesco or something. And I remember eating crumpets. We'd buy crumpets, veggie burger things and hummus. And that was what we would all eat and in our like apartment flat kitchen. It's very hard so, to imagine Dave Chang. I know. So I know. It really is. Foods. <laughs> I know. But you know what? All in eating, eating vegetarian in London is really delicious because every place has great vegetarian options. So it wasn't yep. that bad of a thing. But the hummus and crumpet, that was my combination with the veggie patty. So wow. that's how I could hide the flavor of the veggie patty <laughs> with hummus. <laughs> Oh my God. And the mm -hmm. crumpets, you could probably like fill, you know, those little nooks and crannies fill crumpets up, is filled just up with hummus. Probably the most underrated British bread. It's so yeah, good. This is not a crumpet episode, but it, it well, might we as should, well. We should be. have one. <laughs> um, but what are your feelings on pumpkin spice hummus? Everything oh bagel God. flavored hummus, I've, strawberry what? hummus. Every yeah. flavor possible. It sounds like you're talking about coffee flavor, or something. Huh? I've never seen those. Or I've never, yeah, I've never sought those out. Priya, have you? No, never. I mean, I remember like one time they sent chocolate hummus to our office and I was just like too grossed out even to try it. I mean, it looks like poop. It really, it does. I mean, and I, and you know, historically I eat lots of things that look like poop. Sure, but yeah. That's... That's Here we go. Here There's we never go. been an episode. We started with doesn't talk about poop. and we're at poop. We have to talk about poop. There's just no way. There's no way around Like poop. a moth to a flame. There's no way. <laughs> well, you know, we're called wedgies. Wedgies are inside the butt. That's true. Oh you can't escape it, Dave. <laughs> the two of you put the two of you together. <laughs> You'd expect this coming from Chris or myself, but no, it's always you two. But um, today's recipe comes from Noah Mashni, whose grandfather always made hummus with canned chickpeas, using the beans and juice from one can, then draining a second can of chickpeas and reserving the bean goop, the juice, the aquafaba, so that he could use it to dial in the texture at the end. He would put the chickpeas and juice in the KitchenAid food processor, turn it on, then add juice of one lemon, a garlic paste made from a handful of garlic cloves, minced and ground on the cutting board with salt and the edge of a knife. Then a sturdy pour of tahini from the plastic jar. He would let that rip in the food processor for a minute, then add the drained juice from the second can of chickpeas to thin it out the texture he wanted. It was always the most potent and wonderful hummus, so simple and so effective. Um, that's it. Is it right up there? It, this might be as simple or less steps than Rachel's winning banana recipe of last 
season. You think this was the simplest recipe I we've think, ever done? I think there are more ingredients in this. I, I mean, the, 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 the other one was like bananas and sugar and flour, flour that was or like something. It. That was like yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But this doesn't have sumac and it doesn't have paprika or spice or cumin. No, it was just very clean in its or olive oil or olive no oil. olive oil. Yeah. So let, let's get in there, Priya. What are your initial thoughts on this this dish from Noah, Grandpa's Noah's dish? I don't know if it was like because I have like a million things going on in my brain, but I had the hardest time. <laughs> I had like a harder time than I like the to beat was somehow easier for me to do than this hummus recipe. Like I, I don't know. I maybe it's just me. My first thought was like no olive oil. Interesting olive oil. Like the pool of olive oil is like one of my favorite favorite things about hummus. And I always do red chili powder. But I was like, I'm gonna honor the recipe and see how it goes. There were like a few things I did wrong. One, I didn't have a food processor, so I had to use a blender, which fine, but it just meant like I put the little nozzle, like I took the nozzle out, but I was just like bits of like lemon juice would like fling out and like get in my eyes. And that was not great. As Dave knows, I have tried a million times to do the knife thing, to do the garlic with the knife thing. Cause when we were shooting the cookbook Dave, I would like ask Dave for tutorials on how to like smash the garlic in that way. And Dave to be like, it's not that hard. You just, <laughs> and so the video of me doing it is like comically bad. It's just me like <laughs> dropping the knife onto the garlic repeatedly. And then I tasted it and I was like, huh, this needs fat. Why isn't there fat? Oh, well, I go to bed at 3 a.m. I jolt up and I'm like, I forgot the tahini. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so no. the next morning I like wake up in like my pajamas, I like reshoot, like, okay, I'm putting the hummus back in the blender. I'm adding the tahini. I doubled the lemon. Yeah. So it was just like a very chaotic <laughs> process for me. I thought that it was a, it was a really smart recipe. I loved the idea of using the bean goop, but I found myself like wanting for fat and red chili powder. And so I ended up just like putting a, like when I ate it the second time, putting like a pool of olive oil in the middle, making a divot and eating it that way. So like, I, I thought it was like a clever recipe, but I would say it wasn't like, it, I it did this didn't like blow my mind as far as hummus goes. And it's interesting because I feel like, you know, there's so many millions of hummus recipes, but they all involve roughly the same ingredients. So it's really the technique yeah. that changes, whether you're shelling the chickpeas or using canned versus cooked or adding, you know, different spices or a little bit of onion. And I thought this one was like good and easy. It just, yeah, it was, it was, it was good, but I wasn't like bean goop, the key to amazing hummus. Mm -hmm. Rachel, what about you? Yeah. Well, okay. So I, I just want to say that I picked this recipe because it, it seemed very sweet. You know, it was a sort of ode to his grandfather who passed away a few years ago. And I liked that it called for the mashed up garlic, which I feel like is very important. I don't trust it when someone says to just throw the garlic in, like it's going to get chopped up fine enough. You know, like I really think that the mashing of the garlic on the knife, like with on the cutting board with the knife is super crucial. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And then I, I normally make hummus without or with um, dry chickpeas. You know, I use the Otolenghi recipe kind mm -hmm. of where mm -hmm. it's like you cook dried chickpeas with baking soda and I don't skin them because I don't care. But that like winds up with um, with that, you wind up with this very like creamy hummus. And so that's sort of my standard for hummus in my mind. I knew that probably like 
I don't know, maybe Dave Chang wouldn't want to cook some dried chickpeas. So I just thought, let's do this recipe, right? Like some canned chickpeas, add the aquafaba. It'll be, you know, maybe it'll be mind-blowing and like super fluffy or something. I don't know if it's my chickpeas. Like I got these cans of chickpeas from Fields brand, I think. You know, like it's like an organic chickpea. The liquid was really liquidy. Like it was like not goopy at all. It was just more like mm. closer to water or something. So I poured in the the can of chickpeas, added everything, like he said, blended it up. And then I just had this like chickpea soup. It was like a, it was like a watery soup, like a tomato soup or something. It was so watery, I think because of maybe the brand that I used. So I was like, oh no, this is not going to work at all. I just added the other chickpeas. Oh, I did too. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. It didn't, it was like too liquidy and it would, there's no way it was going to set up or whatever. So I added the chickpeas. I didn't add any extra goop because it was already like way too liquidy. So, um, I added the chickpeas. It was still like more liquidy than I think it should have been. I added olive oil. I added a lot of tahini, made it pretty garlicky. And then, yeah. And then in the end it was pretty good. It was probably about as good as any hummus that I had in Turkey, to be quite honest. Like it was like, I often think hummus is just fine, you know, and there's some occasions where like, I think you have really amazing hummus and, and those are so special, right? Cause I think it's really common to just kind of have like, okay, hummus, but it's still pretty, pretty good. Yeah. So for this, I was kind of like, okay, it's grainy. It's not the best hummus that I've ever had, but I'm going to, I'm going to eat the rest of this probably, you know, and it, it will do the job of <laughs> being a, a, like a food to eat. But yeah, I was kind of disappointed that I didn't get to like experience this like mind-blowing you know adding of chickpea liquid experience to make I, I I'm pretty sure that like probably Noah's grandfather had a different brand of t- chickpeas he had some he had some secret sauce that he <laughs> maybe has omitted I don't know but it, it felt like it should have been um it wasn't it, it didn't quite work as written I think are we saying that hummus is overrated? Is that what we're saying? Oh, here? no. Dave always wants to just make this about the whole thing. <laughs> now, <laughs> now is, 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 is hummus particularly good not because of hummus, but because of wonderfully hot pita bread or lavash? Ooh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would have said that, yeah. except that hummus in Egypt was truly amazing and not to, but, but you had I, that fresh bread with you. You know, like you said, it was like the, you're not eating. You're never eating any good hummus story. Yeah, where it's over, like the transcendent under, hummus. Yeah. It's yes. like it must. The bread must come freshly baked out of the oven. The the bread is completely underweighted in this equation. Very much. Temperature contrast is huge. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you get the super hot, that effect of mm-hmm. cooling it down yes. is a huge thing. I totally. I'm just saying. Is it possible? I just want to know <laughs> oh, no. out there. It's like a UFO sighting. Is there a verified transcendent hummus experience with substandard bread? Is yeah. that possible? Mm-hmm. I've had one such experience and not to toot my own horn, but I had for my children's book, I asked my friend Ham L. Wiley to develop a hummus recipe for me that used canned chickpeas. And it is like, he cooks the canned chickpeas with like onion and baking soda. And Mm -hmm. my mom who has made hummus 1 million times made the hummus for the two of us and literally, and we ate like shitty grocery store. Okay. That's another, stop, 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 stop. (laughs) Back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up. This is like, I played pickup basketball with Michael Jordan. Your, your mom is a fucking phenomenal cook. (laughs) 
Okay. Yeah, but she was following the recipe. No, your mom is not following the recipe. Your mom is cooking. It's a very different equation. Yeah. So no, you. This is completely out. This is not admissible evidence. It's out. Sorry. But I agree that yeah, the baking soda does something. Wait, you're saying mm-hmm. baking soda with canned chickpeas? Yes, it works. That's interesting. And you just cook it with onion, then you discard the onion. It's it's a it's an amazing technique. I like all props to ham for this hummus recipe. Is that to make it more alkaline? For what reason? To take any kind I of I think it makes it more fluffy flavor? somehow. Yeah. Like that's what yeah. I've been doing with yeah, the dry chickpeas. And it's it's amazing, honestly. Okay, and yeah, okay. and when you cook it, then you can it can be kind of warm and it can yeah. be it and that for some reason makes it super delicious. Dave, how did you what was your experience <laughs> yeah. with this? So <laughs> having tr- having turned a new leaf, having seen gall, I mean God, I I, I, <laughs> I I've tried to change my ways of being a, a slack ass recipe club person uh, and trying every hack. So this is this is just funny because I'm also extremely lazy. This is how lazy I am. I didn't have tahini, and I was too lazy to go buy it. And I was too lazy to go buy canned chickpeas because I used the last can before Hugo left for Seattle. So I had dry chickpeas. Oh. I had all the ingredients to do everything from scratch. Wow. And did I you made have everything sesame from scratch. seeds? Did you make tahini to, from scratch? I, yeah, I did. Wow. Oh, my God. Whoa. This is some Wiley Dufresne stuff I know. here. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> that just shows you, like, it's, I just was laughing my ass off. I was so too lazy to go buy it. And I was too cheap to just buy like it online and get delivered for like, you know, ten. I didn't eat anything, you know. I soaked the beans, wow. and I followed the direction as is. And I cooked it two days before uh, in salted water. I didn't really do anything other than that. And um, I think that, and then I and I I tried to because um, I to make the 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 tahini, I used the mortar and pestle. Right. Oh what my God! Yeah, I, oh, I know. That sounds so I know. exhausting. I know, <laughs> I know. And then like, I was like, "Fuck it!" Like, if I'm gonna do it, do it right. So I, I toasted the seeds, made it oh over toasted the seeds, and then I added that a neutral like it's oil. Be really good, actually. It was really fucking oh good. Oh my God! <laughs> and then I might, and then I just minced the instead of like smashing the garlic with a knife, I just added two garlic cloves in there, and I just uh. added that to the tahini since I was making it from scratch anyway. So then I was like, oh, should I just mash the chickpeas in here? But my mortar and pestle wasn't that big. So I started mashing it. And then I'm like, oh, fuck. I should have peeled all the fucking chickpeas. If I was going to do that, oh I should have peeled the chickpeas. Because then it, then it's just going to, there's no way I would have mashed the skin. Right? And I was too lazy to peel the skin off the chickpeas. I was like, that's just not happening. But I do think the skin on the chickpea is one of the things that would take it to a transcendent flavor yeah, of yeah. hummus. That's, yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. Right? There's no way you could do that on a large batch. There's no way. Unless there's some machine that does it, which maybe there is. But the skin of a chickpea may not have flavor, but there are necessarily impurities. But if you do it with a fava bean, peas, you know, if you work at a super fancy restaurant, you're shucking peas. You're shucking uh, fava beans. It, but Because it, it makes a difference. It just makes... A, a small but dramatic difference. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do this. There's no way. So I threw it all in the blender and added the bean, the bean goop aquafaba, my natural yeah. homemade Whoa. aquafaba. And then I, <laughs> I, I, I somehow missed the fact that there was lemon juice. I tasted it. I was like, man, it needs olive oil, needs lemon juice. So I plated it and then I added olive oil because I was like, this has to, it just felt like a bean soup mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I added more beans. So I got it to a better consistency. And then I added some 
extra virgin spicy olive oil, just naturally spicy and with some more toasted sesame seeds. And then I squeezed a lot of lemon juice on top. So mm. it was, it was really fucking oh, delicious. That sounds so <laughs> much But he literally, he made it totally different I know, recipe so good though <laughs> it was really good i have to say do you still have uh, some of that really artisanal good. dave chang tahini yeah no. <laughs> no but you know what was what i did i i, I toasted it too much because i never have tahini that's super roasted in right. flavor yeah i didn't burn the sesame but i took it to the like a really dark state like a like a coffee bean mm-hmm. and it totally changed the flavor of this dish mm-hmm. oh wow. that sounds so good i'm just gonna suggest if you are ever gonna make tahini i probably <gasps> fucked it up because i got it too dark but i like it if you're gonna add it to something else uh it just was a do- totally different flavor um i thought about adding roasted because I grew up eating toasted sesame oil, so yeah. I wanted that flavor, oh. but it has a different flavor. Yeah, and I thought about adding that because that's what we wow, do at Major Domo. So where we smart. add the, yeah, we add sesame oil. So when we make yeah. that dish, we we make a huge batch of chickpea. You can't call it miso because miso means it's soybean. So right, that's right, why right. we yeah. came at Hozon. But instead of adding tahini, we add sesame oil. Toasted that's sesame. Really oil. Smart. smart. I want to try that. So that's yeah, what we yeah. did, and I made it. And it making the tahini from scratch. Tasted totally different than toasted sesame. It's a, like, like a night and day difference. So there's no way I think you could recreate that unless you toast it yourself with a fresh. Because part of it is getting those fresh oils mm-hmm. like yeah. roasted. So mm-hmm. that to me was the most amazing. I'm happy I did this because making this tahini from scratch was simple enough, but also just like sort of revelatory. Long story cut short, I didn't follow the recipe. <gasps> I t- <laughs> and... My laziness actually caused me to do more work than normal. This is new for you, Dave. This is amazing. Yeah. But here's the thing. If, if I had canned beans, canned uh, chickpeas or tahini, I would not have made any of the stuff from scratch. So, so what we have to do before every recipe club is come take all your ingredients yeah. and hide them. <laughs> yeah. So that Dave Chang is forced to make everything from scratch. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and the one thing having cooked, I've cooked a lot of chickpeas dried too, um, a lot, uh, having worked for a chef where I have to make it like every day. Mm-hmm. The key, if you're going to use dried chickpeas, you have to cook it in highly salted water, but not like pasta water mm-hmm. because it's going to reduce down. If you just cook dried chickpeas in salted water, like a properly amount of salt where it tastes like a soup, mm-hmm. not like pasta, mm-hmm. which tastes like the ocean, it's like a properly seasoned soup. That in and of itself is delicious. Like just yeah. warm chickpeas hot that are salted. Yeah. Yeah. Not on the outside. And I think if you salt, that's another thing too. If you eat chickpeas canned, it's not properly seasoned. Yeah. No. They're yeah. really not salty. Yeah. They're, they're not. So weird. It, do, it doesn't make sense that when you, if you puree it, that the seasoning would be different if you added salt. But I think it does yeah. have some reaction if you cook it dry, reconstitute it with water, and then cook it with salt. It has a dramatic difference in flavor versus a canned chickpea that has no salt, then you add the salt. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's why, you know, like you, when you're cooking, you kind of salt at every stage, right? Like that tastes really different from Mm -hmm. just like sprinkling it on at the end. There's like something (laughs) sciencey that happens. But having had this now, uh, I I thought it was a very pretty hummus display. I only had stale bread Mm. to eat it. And I think that's what, as delicious as it was, the bread is more powerful than the hummus. Hmm. You know, that's what I, that's what I think I left thinking. I was like, man, 
Yeah. If I just had awesome bread, I don't need the hummus. Maybe. I don't know if I agree. I don't know I don't if I agree. I agree. I, I agree with you that like bread is super important. And I agree that you, I think that, yeah, the transcendent hummus times have been with, it's just so good when it's like fresh bread yeah. and it's, and it really takes it to the next level. But I feel like I do kind of like eating hummus, like straight out of the food processor. Like I would rather Same. lick like the food processor blade of hummus than like eat cookie or like eat cake batter, actually. Like that to me is more delicious. So I think, yeah, I'm with you. I'm sort of not with you. Yeah. So I, I had a loaf of tartine bread that was three days old and I, I put it in the microwave. And what I ate was I put salted anchovies in the sandwich with hummus. Whoa. And it was delicious. But it would have been way better had I had fresh bread. And if I had a flatbread, I was like, if I had a, any kind of lavash or pita, I think that would have been amazing. Why didn't you, Roti make, it? Why or something. you make it, Dave? Yeah. Why didn't you make, you know how to make <laughs> flatbread. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, th this, this challenge wasn't about going extra credit. I wasn't going to do that. This is not You're within like, you arms already knew that you had, you had won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to mic drop here. After you sort of ate enough of it, as the recipe sort of suggested, did you change? Did you add anything to it? Yeah, I added. I added like a full, full second lemon to it, more olive oil, and red chili powder. I just made it, so I have. I mean, I added the olive oil, like I said, but yeah, I'll probably add like I might add some cumin or something, and something spicy, and yeah. Are, are you guys fans of hummus with cumin or no cumin? I, I like because a lot of yeah. I feel like a lot of hummus recipes have cumin in it. I think I would do the thing of like you know, like blooming the cumin in some olive oil or something, and then just pouring that over the top. Like make it the yeah, yeah. Tharka, that would yeah. be very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna use like powdered cumin in there, but just like on the top, you know, with some oil. Dave, what are you adding? Are you? I mean, you usually you just made a completely different recipe, but yeah, <laughs> but I, 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 I it also needed spice, and then I just added. Uh, Momo chili crunch and it was delicious. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Any kind of chili oil would be really yeah, good on well, this yeah. as well. Actually, Eli, Eli did make like a open face sandwich with some hummus, cucumbers, and then like the like grandma chili oil, you know, mm -hmm. that looked pretty good. Um, sriracha is always good. Yeah. Because I just find that hilarious that you can actually see a sriracha. I think Sabra, I haven't seen that. sriracha. Is there yeah. a sriracha shortage? Yeah, that, there's a sriracha a real shortage. Oh my yes, God. Yes, it's a real thing. Are you guys going to take any tips from this? Are you going to make this again? I, I will say, like, as crappy as my mashing was, the garlic flavor, because I released so much juice, was really pronounced. And so that, like, I, usually I just pop the garlic cloves in, and next time I might, like, do some light mashing before adding them. I probably won't use bean goop to make hummus. Yeah, unless it's, like, you know, your dried bean homemade aquafaba i feel like that's yeah. that's a different story yeah yeah definitely i i think it was a long time ago but i i made uh hummus with michael solomonov uh the great great one of the great chefs uh in america and he has zahav and a few other restaurants in the philadelphia area and he's got a, i think a couple in new york city now and i think the surprise to me was you're adding enough fat to the chickpeas and and lemon juice where almost it's like a so uh, emulsion much. yeah it's like an emulsion yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. and that that is what makes it something else altogether mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is a lot of the commercially made stuff or the, the home recipes. It's a bean puree. Whereas the, the, the higher end or the ones that 
are like, holy fuck, that's amazing. It's because they're adding so much fucking olive oil and so much juice, lemon juice, that it, it's a it's a very thick emulsion. It is. That is awesome, right? But you're, no home cook's going to ever add that much olive oil, I think, because you're like, it's the same thing when people make French food. You're never going to make mm-hmm, a dish like with that, that much, butter. much butter. Yeah. It's also because it's so simple, like a lot of things that are so simple, you sort of, as Dave's recipe showed, it sort of lives and dies by the quality of the ingredients. Like if you're using the best hummus, the best chickpeas, like they're the best tahini, the best chickpeas. Yeah. If you're grinding Grinding yourself and toasting it. (laughs) Yeah. If you have like the best olive oil, like it'll probably taste amazing. How long did it take you to make tahini, Dave? Was it fast? Yeah. Like two minutes. What the hell? Oh, really? How? Yeah. It it really, you you just. You're strong. Maybe it was was like three minutes, maybe five minutes tops, but I didn't do a huge batch. I, I probably did like Half a cup of uh, uh-huh. enough to do a twelve-inch uh, stainless steel skillet covered, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, wow. and then and just and I probably use like three quarters of that in the in the thing, and I I just added uh, maybe like four tablespoons of um, just a neutral. I had grapeseed oil, uh-huh. and then I just it took a while to mash, and then it looks like a peanut butter. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is I feel like whenever you do it by hand, like the garlic, if you mash it before by hand. And like sesame seeds or whatever. Like, I just feel like when you mash things by hand in a mortar and pestle or like on your cutting board or whatever, it tastes so much better than if you just throw it into the blender. I just think I, it, I, it tastes better. I think I, was t- I think the reason why I, w- I was like, I was, wa- I was taking a phone call and toasting the seeds simultaneously, <laughs> but it was like I was watching it, but I was thinking about the call I was on. So by accident, it just got darker than I would would have done if I wasn't on the call. And I think that was a happy accident because it completely changed the fucking flavor. I, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is yeah, this is awesome. Because in no way would I have ever taken sesame seeds that dark. Definitely not burned. They definitely were more blonde, but there were parts that were a little bit more dark. And that's honestly why if you're cooking, sometimes when you fuck up or there's a happy accident, that's how you get something new altogether. So I, I don't know if I'm going to ever make this again. I've made hummus maybe a handful of times, particularly in the pandemic. But I think the idea of using sesame seeds, whether I make it a tahini or not, or a more Japanese goma dressing, that that I do make a lot. Ooh, yeah. So I I, I I I might do the same thing, but I might add some sugar, some mm-hmm. some mirin, some soy, some rice wine vinegar, and basically you have like a perfect sesame yeah you know vinaigrette that sounds great but that toastedness is i think what was what i'm going to take away from this so that being said um i i i did like it i definitely made a dish that probably tasted nothing like yours or noah's grandfather's dish but it was very good and i will most likely make some version of it again when did aquafaba become a thing because clearly aquafaba has been around for probably a Mm -hmm. couple millennia yeah but nobody's ever what language is it? I feel like Priya is, is the most qualified to answer this question in, in journalism. I, don't, I actually, I don't know what language aquafaba is, but I mean. Latin. Is this like a hippie word? And I do know that it's a central ingredient in vegan mayonnaise. And mm-hmm. um, vegan whipped cream yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's Latin. A combination of the Latin <laughs> words, aqua, water, and faba beans. Duh. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I called Latin. Yeah, nice. Dave. Maybe because I took four years of Latin and I got oh a two on my AP test. Wow, Dave the wins only person in Georgetown prep history to not get a four or five. <laughs> that was me. We're nothing. And that's an achievement. 
Is it because of the soy less? Is it because of le- the lecithin in in it naturally? Does anyone know why lecithin? I mean, why chickpea water specifically foams up? Well, I think it's any beans, right? Or is it only chickpeas? Yeah, I and I think it's any beans, but I've only ever seen it. Maybe chickpeas have like the most mild. Yeah, the aquafaba is mild tasting enough that you can sweeten it and. Yeah, because because re- really this whole recipe from Noah's father was like a like a, 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 a like a treasure clue map so we could discuss about aquafaba. Yeah, I mean, aquafaba is amazing. I've seen it used in like salad dressings. I've seen it used in mayonnaise and meringues. I think, you know, there's something to I mean, Dave, you're talking about like the emulsion. Like it's probably like that's the idea behind it, right? Like maybe it helps emulsify this whole thing. I just I think I got a bad brand of beans, to be honest. It wasn't it wasn't goopy enough. It was just water. It was more aqua than faba, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I still I, I guess um I just don't know why it's fucking works. What makes it foam up? Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Aquafaba has polysaccharides, sucrose, and various proteins, which are also found in egg whites. So it makes sense that it can function in many of the same ways. This is a study from McGill. Those Canadians, they know their shit. All right, so you have to choose another um, recipe? Oh, me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You have a couple options here. Uh, Seaweed. You still have seaweed. You have plantains and you have spinach. Okay, I'm going to pick seaweed. What do you want to make next? Seaweed. Seaweed is a great one. Yeah. Now, what kind of seaweed? Well, I'm just going to leave it open. It could be any kind. Dave looks concerned. I don't even know. I don't know what I'm asking for even. I mean, like a good seaweed soup, a salad, something else that's crazy. Something that wraps seaweed. seaweed. Would a a noodle with like 10% seaweed and 90% flour work? Does that count? Well, I I thought you had a whole thing about this, Dave. No, we did because yeah. like lo- no, because clearly Priya thinks that should work. Yeah, we literally talked. <laughs> we talked about. I, I, I don't, like, don't okay. want to rehash this. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna just say I think it should be primarily seaweed and not noodle focused or thank, anything. Thank, thank, thank you. That's all. <laughs> that, the the main ingredient seaweed, whatever yeah, it is, God. has to be more Dave, than fifty percent. This I I cannot rehash we can't, this again. Dave and I literally like yelled sure. at each other yes, over it's this. Gonna, it's gonna it's a slippery slope. <laughs> Dave just wants to assert his dominance and his powerful yeah. health right now. He's like, I don't have eczema. I don't have a sty. I'm just so vigorous and healthy. That's not true. Everybody knows that. Um, but uh, next week, we're back with Chris Ying and John DeBerry. We're going to do the frozen French fry episode. Ooh, Ooh that's and really we fun. Will, yeah, well, let me tell you about it later. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll share Noah's recipe on YouTube and in the Discord. Sign up, share your own versions, and check out the video version of this episode on both YouTube and Spotify. And stay tuned when we come back with Rachel with Seaweed.